Friends, the NHL offseason continues to hum along, but there are more questions than there are answers, especially for a lot of teams that, quite frankly, didn't have the offseason that I think they were expecting. Some teams have come out big winners. Others have maybe looked more and more like big losers. We'll dive into the most positive developments and maybe some of the teams that are now falling on harder times on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, Jets fans, and welcome to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee an avid Winnipeg Jets fan, and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook and their America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Now, like I said, uh, obviously the NHL offseason is still ongoing. I'm actually starting to miss hockey at this point. I feel like I wouldn't mind watching uh, some good old-fashioned Jets hockey again, which is strange because the past couple of offseasons, I would say I wasn't really feeling all that upset about missing the season, but for once, you know, I kind of want to watch some hockey again, uh, in part because I feel like this upcoming season has a good deal of mystery around it. A lot of teams have made some changes. There have been some that have, that are certainly positive changes and other teams that maybe wish things had gone a little bit differently. Now, amidst all of this, I feel like there's kind of been a restructuring of, of power around the NHL, and I don't know that it's necessarily... Um, for the better in terms of the number of, of clear-cut contenders. If anything, I feel like the waters have kind of muddy. Let's take a look at the Metro Division, Metro Division, for instance, right? The Metro has traditionally been seen as like one of the powerhouse divisions, and it still is really good. I mean, you've got some great teams out there, man, um, but you start to think about it, right? And if you look at that division, how many of those teams are really strong contenders anymore? It's basically down to Carolina and New Jersey, and neither team has been able to show uh, the level of playoff success that I think you would really expect from both franchises, especially where they kind of are in their development cycle, right? These are two teams that are really strong, and they've, you know, want some playoff rounds and stuff, but that next gear that they need to survive, uh, maybe that extra bit of fortune uh, to to advance to a cup final has, has kind of eluded them a little bit. So, you know... The Metro is still a very strong division, but then you realize that Pittsburgh, Washington, all of those teams that were once really top-of-the-line contenders have aged pretty poorly. And I think, you know, in Washington's case, especially um, with some of the injuries that they had last year, stuff is catching up, right? Like that cup hangover is catching up. The Penguins constantly run up against the cap. Kyle Dubas has managed to pull off a bit of a coup in acquiring Eric Carlson, who I think is going to be a really positive influence on that team. But is he enough to cover all of the issues with that squad? Really good question, because they definitely have um, some, some lack of depth. And then you move over to the Atlantic, right? And you look at that division, and it's kind of a mess. You've got the Panthers, who are still pretty strong, I would say. 
Toronto is still pretty good, but kind of under new management, and the direction doesn't seem to be all that positive. And then you've got teams like Detroit that are technically better, but, you know, really, are we talking about them as contenders? No. And then you come across a team like the Bruins that basically gave up everything to chase a cup last year, didn't quite pan out, and now they are kind of paying the price with a team that's got zero center depth. And it's not like they could control that entirely, but you get the sense that some of those top teams last year and, and in previous seasons that everyone talks about from the beasts of the East, well, you know, they might be looking a little more tame this coming year. Out West, I mean, I think it's really interesting to see the Pacific Division, for me, kind of show off a lot of improvement. That division has certainly had its fair share of top picks recently, you know, none more notable than Connor McDavid over the last few years, but you know, Shane Wright's over there. The Vegas Golden Knights are really strong and have a, a really robust NHL roster. The Kraken are very much on the up and up. The Oilers are not as bad as they used to be. So, you know, that's, I guess, props to them. The Flames, I mean, the Flames, wow, whew, not exactly in the best of situations right now, but a team that can still be a pain in the butt to play. I, I guess all of that to say there's not as many pushovers as there used to be. Anaheim, you know, Vancouver, um, and, and San Jose, you know, that group is maybe not ideal, uh, Anaheim and, 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 um, San Jose in particular, those two teams are definitely, you know, trying for a rebuild, but the Kraken, the Knights, the Kings, very much a resurgent squad themselves. And, you know, now with Pierre-Luc Duplanto, it's a pretty good top three of the division, if we're being honest. And then the central, you know, the central is kind of fun because it's a, it's a strong division in the sense that there's a lot of teams that are you know, probably average or above average. But in terms of like top end contenders, right, you really have to pin it on uh, Colorado, maybe having a bounce back season. I think that's entirely possible, but possible. But I feel like, you know, when you're looking at this division, this might be a really ripe time for the Jets to take advantage of a, a grouping that's not really strong. You've got Dallas, who's great. You've got Colorado, who might be great, but then you look beyond that and you're kind of like, mm, you know, there's real opportunities for the Jets to make noise. You know, if I'm thinking about teams that could really be sleeper hits this coming season, either from out west or out in the east, you know, I think Buffalo might be a name that I would circle uh, around. I think the Rangers might also be a real pain this coming season, but, you know, out west, right, it's kind of down to a couple of teams like Seattle, Vegas, LA. In the Central, maybe maybe the Colorado Avalanche have a bounce back year, but I would actually pencil the Jets as a team that I would also keep an eye on, just because it feels like Winnipeg now has a stronger forward grouping, and if they keep Shifley and Hellebuck around and maybe even make some additions to really chase forward and go for it, you might be surprised at the results. But of course, not everyone who had a major offseason could be considered a winner or even happy with some of the results. We'll dive into which teams have, you know, that have kind of fallen on harder times and might be considered big losers in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every single victory. So vote for the Ravens. You know me. I'm a Baltimore fan, born and bred. But, you know, obviously I know some of you are Vikings fans. Maybe you even like the Packers, or one of you or two of you like the Steelers. Uh, we ain't all perfect. But you know what? No matter who you vote for and want to win, you can be sure you can get bonus bets for things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us in this conversation of the offseason and some of the, I suppose, mysterious storylines around the NHL. Not so much that there's a lot of intrigue and a lot of mystery, um, you know, scandals and, and all that stuff, but more in the sense of we really don't know what next season's going to look like with some of the some of the teams that have kind of declined in influence and some of the teams that are really pushing forward and hoping for the best. Amidst all of this, though, I think there are some very clear teams that have lost out. Uh, one of them for me is definitely uh, the Boston Bruins, and it's not something that they could entirely control. You know, that core was around for many years, right? Bergeron, Pasternak, uh, at one point Chara. You know, you look at this team, where it is now, Marchand's getting older, Bergeron just retired, and suddenly you realize they have zero center depth. They've got pretty strong wing depth and a great defense, along with some pretty solid goaltending, but you know what? The area down the middle is looking pretty barren, and I think the the Bergeron retirement wasn't something that they were, you know, surprised by. They knew what was coming. The retirement was going to be one that was always going to be impossible to really deal with organizationally because there's just no one who does what Bergeron does. There's a reason the guy is like a perennial Selkie candidate and winner. The guy is just amazing at what he does and he doesn't sacrifice offense, even though he's so good at promoting, you know, defensive responsibility and two-way plays. So you look at the, the Bruins and you think to yourself, yeah, they are kind of on the losing end and they really gambled last season. It didn't pan out. You know, the, the first round exit, I think more than anything is going to be what kind of sticks with them. But long-term, right, you're not looking at a team that's got a lot of flexibility to either acquire talent or, you know, try and rearrange things so that the existing lineup is stronger. They just don't have the depth that they used to. And, you know, they're one of those teams that quite frankly, not only should trade for Shifley, but probably needs to because they just don't have a lot of skill down the middle. And I don't even know what a trade package would look like at this point, but you'd best bet the Jets would have to uh, be getting something at least half decent out of Boston. And I can't really name what exactly would intrigue me for that. Another team that I would say is probably a loser uh, is Toronto in a way, right? Toronto, I feel like with the switch from uh, Dubas to, I, I forget who was even um, running their front office now, but I just get the sense that, you know, the, the Leafs are moving. Oh, right. It's uh, it's uh, the guy from Calgary at one point. Gosh, it feels like a lifetime ago. And he was not, he was not that great. I'll tell you that. And you can tell that he's moving towards like a more gritty character-based squad, which I just don't, I don't really understand. I feel like Toronto should really rely on that skill. I, I get that they've sort of underwhelmed over the past few years. It just, you know, finally hit that they actually want a playoff season uh, or a playoff round in this past season. But, you know, Toronto wants to bring in more of these gritty, grindier types, players that they think are, are sandpaper, piss, and vinegar, which, look, I get that you think it can help push the other players around them to be better, to fight harder, to forecheck more, to be more aggressive. But you know what? It, that, that stuff kind of backfires more often than not. You find yourself looking at a team that's going to sacrifice skill for perceived character boosts, and those boosts aren't going to be enough to elevate the team above what it already is. I think Toronto is still a really strong team. I think they didn't need to do any of what they're doing now, but you know, it is what it is. But I, I still think that at the end of the day, I put them in the loser category because I feel like under Dubas, you had some expectation of quality, but under the new front office, yeah, they don't seem to be on the same page with what Kyle's vision was. And I think Kyle's vision was honestly a little bit stronger. 
Elsewhere, if we're talking about losers, uh, yeah, man, Calgary, what is going on with the Flames? They just kind of look bad. I, I can't begin to describe, you know, the amount of heartache that their fans must be feeling. Goudreau, Chuchuk, just so much pain watching those two players leave and not really having anyone else to replace them. I kind of see Calgary being one of those squads that's going to have a very slow death and it's going to be a really painful one because they're, they're a decent enough team to where they can push into the upper portions of the Pacific Division every now and then, but they're not good enough to actually win in the playoffs. And that's where you kind of really don't want to be, is that that purgatory of mediocrity where the Jets have sort of made much of their career. It's always the toughest, like, toughest spot and something that I think, you know, Calgary really wanted to avoid. And again, you know, some of the stuff that happened to them was kind of out of their control. But by the same token, man, that Flames team is just looking like it's it's not going to be good this year, man. I am not feeling confident in their ability to be a playoff uh, contender this year. It does not seem that way whatsoever. Another team, uh, and, and really the final one that we'll get to real quick here, that I think has kind of been a bit of a loser is Detroit. And uh, I know it sounds weird because like Steve Eiserman's done all the stuff. He's made lots of moves. But when you look at what they've actually accomplished and what they've actually brought into the team all i can say is that detroit's gone from being a bad team to just sort of like a mediocre squad all of the signings and acquisitions just point to a team that you know quite frankly under eiserman doesn't really seem to have that clear of a direction stevie i think once he got away from tampa bay in a, a, an environment where he had basically all the resources and players that he wanted to at his fingertips you suddenly find yourself on a much harder platform and i don't think that the moves that he's made so far are going to pan out the way that he's hoping for but I could be wrong. You know, I'm happy to eat my words if maybe he becomes some miracle worker down the you know down the road. Maybe he builds some future core that's amazing. But the early returns for, for Detroit don't appear to be all that great, if we're being honest. And let's be real. Iserman inherited an amazing team with Tampa Bay. And, you know, the, the stuff that he got with Detroit, not quite as easy to work with, if we're being honest. And so far, haven't really seen a lot of evidence that he's going to be able to be the one that turns that franchise around. All of this, I guess, kind of leads to a big question. You know, all of these teams that are either winners or losers, who's actually going to be the most likely to win the Stanley Cup? It was a question I struggled in our interview with Mike Ranica from the Devil Wears Prada. You can check that out from earlier this week. But like Micah, you know, I, I struggle to come up with a clear answer because I feel like this year's field, there's a lot of parody, there's a lot of mediocrity, and there aren't as many teams that I feel, um, for me, really stand above the rest. But we'll dive into just a couple of those teams that might legitimately have a chance in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for joining us on these final closing thoughts on tonight's show. Just thought I'd wrap up with some teams that I think might legitimately be cup contenders, even if I say that with a bit of a um, a bit of a qualification. Right, this year's competitive field, you know, just from the offseason stuff and on paper, doesn't look all that great, to be honest. There's a couple of teams that I think are really good and and uh, you know definitely stand out from the rest, but the the other teams, yeah, it's just kind of like a mediocre pack all around. In terms of squads that I think are very much on the up and up and certainly uh, teams to be aware uh, or be afraid of if you're in their division, Carolina, New Jersey, those are very safe and easy picks. In the Atlantic, obviously Toronto is one. 
I, I would say Buffalo for me might be a team to also track. You know, the Atlantic obviously has Tampa Bay and they're still very strong, but they're aging out, right? Buffalo is one of those teams that I think has a lot of room to grow. And if they take a step forward this year, it could be a real problem for the rest of the Atlantic. Do I think Buffalo is like a true cup contender yet? No, they've still got a lot to prove and they haven't even uh, made the push yet for like a really big playoff berth. So we're going to table that one for them, but I do think in a couple of seasons, they're going to be one that you really want to watch closely because I think they're going to be pretty darn good. Out in the Central Division, I guess it's easy to say Colorado. I would say also sort of an outside shout at Minnesota. Not that I think Minnesota really is a team that's cup-bound, but certainly one that's going to be in the playoff mix, in the hunt, and one that's going to be an absolute pain in the butt to play once again. Out of the entire division, though, if I had to pick one team that I think is like maybe the most favored cup contender for me right now, it's probably Dallas. The stars are still pretty freaking good. Jason Robertson is a beast. I mean, that's a that's a great roster with some pretty strong coaching and you know some really nice depth. Do they have some vulnerabilities? Absolutely. And Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben probably can't keep up their level of performance forever. But as it is right now, they still look like a strong team and one that I think, you know, not many teams would want to face in a best of seven series. The Pacific is where you start to get into some really interesting questions, right? Because LA is much improved, but maybe not enough to where I think they're like a real threat. I still think it's down to like Vegas and Seattle. The, the Kraken are like really freaking legit and, you know, Vegas just won a cup. So obviously they're still pretty good and they haven't lost as much talent as you might think for a team that's, you know, not only bleeding cap space, but also uh, kind of bleeding through injuries and stuff. I mean, Vegas definitely will experience a cup hangover at some point, but so far, so good and smooth sailing for them. Now, you know, for for, for Dark Horse candidates, teams that could really surprise in the postseason, I'm going to put Winnipeg in this group. I think the Jets have the ability to potentially be a real menace to some early round squads. Do I think they have the depth to go further than that? Probably not, but you know, maybe they surprise us. Maybe there's a real secret team in there that gives us some hope and, and makes us believe in Jets hockey again. Out East, you know, maybe, uh, maybe the Caps still have at least a little bit of juice left. I mean, they're really kind of, they're running out of time with that team. And honestly, if the Caps are interested in anything, it's basically just getting uh, Ovi his goal record and stuff. So I didn't even think the playoffs are that much of a concern for that team. Maybe they really disagree and feel differently about it. But I look at that squad and I think, you know, they're aging. They're running out of time. They don't have a lot of cap space to make big moves. That's a squad that's going for history more than it is a, a Stanley Cup after they've already gotten one, right? That was the big hurdle. That was the last thing that they wanted to clear. Now they're just kind of coasting. But under this new coaching staff, maybe they still squeeze out something that gives other teams in their division and conference something to think about. I guess the last team that might be worth keeping an eye on is Pittsburgh. I mean, the Penguins are, are interesting because they're basically in the death throes of Crosby's career and here they brought in Eric Carlson to try and save it. Is it going to cover like the really bad uh, depth elsewhere on the roster? No. That's going to show up in ways that I think they really can't avoid. But hey, at least if they're going to be, you know, bad, they can be fun and Carlson definitely checks off the bad uh the bad and fun kind of team. You know, he's got amazing offensive skill. He's, you know, not really defensively responsible, but that's not why you're bringing him in. You're bringing him in because he's going to boost your even strength scoring and your power play. So a lot of fun stuff to muddle uh, and and kind of think about um, and ruminate on, but give me your you know most expected and most surprised teams 
uh, or most surprising teams that you think are going to be really big cup can, uh, contenders next year. Also, tell me who you think the biggest losers this offseason have been. Maybe it's a team I haven't mentioned just yet. But for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here next week for even more offseason coverage. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, have a great night and go Jets go.